lot in the pros column. Look, I All like to say people DM you that they're concerned. They're very concerned. And I, the look, a new battery night is, man, that's foo hoo. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I love it. To add a very strong tongue to the mix. This is good. That's oh, yeah. Hey, Welcome back to The Woman Podcast, episode 11. This is O'Malley, geek girl, mother of four, and my co-host, Annie, who's married to the largest stool at Barstool. And Annie, this week, clues me in on girl culture. We recap Mother's Day. We have a very brief Game of Thrones review, talk about how we are four women and not the sex strike. And we also talk about our useless talents. Enjoy. Oh, that's so funny. You know, look, if you want to laugh, I literally just ran in and put makeup on. Do I look dead or do I look all right? You look better than me. Look what I found. Oh. What is that? Is that like Gryffindor? It is. Oh! <laughs> it's yes. mine. And I Are found it. And of course, I picked up the scarf and I was, of course, when I see it every time, I'm, I say, you're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> oh my God, that is so funny. How is the dentist? Great. I think we spoke about this once before when you had to go to the dentist. I actually have a friend, Jimmy, who loves going to the dentist. There is nothing he loves more than tooth pain. And he just, it's like a rush for him. And it's, I, think it's the, I think it's the worst feeling in the world. It's one of my, one of my fears between that, the post office. And uh, <laughs> I don't want to say what the other one is. It's uh <laughs> yeah, he would like, he'd be like, oh, you're going to the dentist? Oh, I'm excited. I'm, ha- uh, You know, what are you getting done? And it was almost like I was telling him, a, you know, play-by-play porn because he would love to hear what they did. And then, and what did he do next? And then where did he touch? I was like, all right, we're, we're going to stop this conversation right now. So <laughs> I'm not like that. I don't enjoy the pain, like the, the pain, like if you have, you know, like a sensitive tooth or something and you have to, like when I said I was sensitive, I was just like, they've done some work to like kind of repair some weird, like wisdom tooth issues that are now out, but it, it kind of messes with your alignment. So um, as they do things, it just sort of like, if it puts pressure on another tooth, it will kind of do whatever. So I actually like going to the dentist. But I don't like, I don't like like tooth pain. No, the dentist and I, I love my dentist, but I don't love going to him. I like seeing him in the supermarket or passing by. But I had a lot of issues right around 9-11 because I clenched my teeth so hard that I really gave myself problems where um, I actually had to go to a maxillofacial pain doctor. And they gave me so many bottles and bottles of meds, Percocets, um, Valiums, Diazepam, you name it, they gave it to me. Nothing worked. So I would have, I had all these bottles full of just meds. And um, people were like, hey, you know, what, what do you got? And I'm like, oh, I got this. I'm like, what are you going to trade me for? It was like a drug <laughs> deal going down. <laughs> so, well, you had, um, you know, for people who are newer to, to us, uh, the day before 9 11 is why you, weren't That's right. at your breakfast at your at your World Trade Center. Um, yes, I missed breakfast. I missed the um, Harvey Young Yearman morning breakfast meeting because I had to get a root canal the night before. And the I called my dad. I was like, "There is no way I'm getting up to order breakfast. You're going to have to do it. I'll just I'll just see you at work. I'm not going to miss the day. I'm just going to miss breakfast." And you know, he was busting my chops about it. He's like, "Oh, I can't eat," and I'm like, "I just can't. There's just no way I'm going to be able to do it." And uh, yeah, crazy, right? Just, just things that happen. <laughs> Fate, some yeah, sometimes. Uh, um, well, to get to anyway, so yeah, the tooth. The, the I like going to the dentist. I don't like going to the optometrist. Um, I think that's just evil. Uh, but he I, doesn't hurt you. Does your optometrist hurt you? I've been hurt. I think if, if you're going you know, to the optometrist and something he's hurting you, there's something wrong. You know the uh, the question when people say who hurt you? Your optometrist? Yes. <laughs> so. That's just, that's sadistic. They don't yeah, do anything. I, and I still, to this day, I just, it's, I have to, like, I have to go back and get my vision checked and get new glasses. Maybe you should go to a different one. 
Did you ever- <laughs> oh no, this is from childhood. Like this is childhood. Like by guy really? it was wonderful. I just I have like just I've been scarred. They That's do that. horrible. I'm so sorry to hear it's that. It's weird. They when you're little and they do that lie. That little, like, we're not going to touch your eye. Oh, that's we're not-, not doing anything. We're just looking. Well, this guy, his whole thing was, I'm going to lie to you and then do stuff. And then, but it'll be over. But he missed. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> and it went into the corner of my eye, Ooh. which caused um, an issue. And I just, ever since, I just, I do not like them at all. I don't blame you. You know, my kids told me the other day, one of, I think it was my daughter. She's like, you know, whenever you say, stay still, that always means something terrible. <laughs> I thought to myself, holy cow, like that's terrible. Why, why would you say that? Well, especially when you're clipping my nails, you say, stay still. And then it always hurts. <laughs> oh no. So I have to be a little bit more careful with, with, uh, which words I choose. Oh my gosh. Um, so tell me, Tell yeah. me, um, there are so many reasons why I think we are perfect for pop culture. Now you can hear my papers going, me and my all my papers, because I print out everything because I'm so old. You know, what was funny is the first episode we did, it was like five hours. <laughs> and you were like, I'm going to go get a Bible. And I was like, okay wow, okay, she's a little bit more religious than, I mean, like, I have Bibles and everything, and, but, okay, she's got to run and get a Bible, and we're looking at Vogue. Oh, my Cosmopolitan magazine. Or Cosmo, or whatever it was. Cosmo is the Bible. You know what? This is how bad I am. I totally forgot that was Cosmo. I was just like, Vogue? Is that what it is? I don't know. They're not the same, right? Uh, I follow Vogue online, though. I do. (laughs) I'm not going to lie, because I think, I always found that Vogue was like, top of the food chain. And if you ever want, if you were not sure how to present yourself in a certain situation, you could go back to any, any um, edition of Vogue magazine and you could find an article on it and it would never steer you wrong. Right. Really? Vogue magazine was top of the food chain. If you weren't sure, they always gave you a guideline as to how to get through it. But if you were going on a date, and you were looking to just be, just go off the rails and just be nuts. Cosmo was perfect for that because Cosmo would tell you how to get out of a guy's apartment the day after without being noticed. Cosmo oh would tell you basically how to wash yourself so you didn't get pregnant or a germ. Cosmo yeah. would tell you everything. They would tell right? Basically, they would even tell you how to spike someone's drink without getting caught. Jesus and then, Christ. It, honest to God, I've been Cosmo, missing all my life. This is, this is what you've been missing all your life. I mean, I would sit there and read this and I would crack up to myself and people would be looking at me as if I were nuts. Cosmo is one of, I mean, it really is really? a lot of fun. It's the original smut website. It, it just without, without being graphic, like there were no pictures. It was all just reading. So you could be reading Cosmo and you could be cracking up in the stories that they, they were the original confessions. Girls would type in and a mail in question, um, confessions that they had. And you'd be like, tell me this, tell me this didn't happen. And it would be like some of the most absurd, I have, I am sure I have old um, clippings because I am that old and I would save them and I would just find them so funny and off the wall. And then you would get Elle magazine, which was just, you know, like teeny boppers doing stuff that was wholesome and pure. And it would be, you know, the bikini that pretty much covered everything, but your belly button so you can get away with it. But Cosmo, man, Cosmo really got you out of a lot of trouble. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yes. You know what I should do is I should, I should go back and read it and bring it up to you every, like, what did O'Malley learn this week about how to be a girl? Because clearly it's- I don't know how to be a girl because I'm wearing a Batman hoodie and I got excited over my Harry Potter scarf. And I don't think Cosmo would tell me. <laughs> I don't think Vogue, I don't think there's an article on how to go to Comic-Con. and be- Like they were, the articles in Cosmo were honest to God, the original like call her daddy stuff. Like the way these girls are explicit now, everyone's like, oh my God, they're using their terms. They're using their terms, their gluck glucks and their, 
these people would use the actual term and they would get down and dirty and tell you exactly where to take your, and put it in the, like they were detail oriented so that there was nothing left to the imagination so you could not screw it up. And if you're not sure, then you press on this and put your finger there, look to the left. I mean, they gave you directions. It was before GPS. I'm telling you this. I don't know how you don't know this. I didn't know this. Some of these articles in Cosmo would make a lot of these girls today blush. Yeah. This is what I get. Okay. So this is why people have asked me why I'm like so into like say Barstool or something or, or into the people who. They covered everything. But if you got to the girly section or the sex section of the, of the, the magazine, oh, forget it. You had to make sure that there was nobody reading over your shoulder or that you had a room for everybody to read over your shoulder. Because if I had a Cosmo in my bag down on the trading floor, I guarantee you I would have to fight for it back from somebody or make at least somebody go to the men's room and bring it back for me so that I could have my magazine for the train ride home because they would take it with them. All the time. I mean, my purse would always get ransacked because they needed an Advil, they needed a pen, they needed an extra 20. It didn't matter. Nothing was sacred down there, except my Cosmo. If someone took it, I would go on a rampage and make sure they brought it back to me. So this is why I've been missing. Okay, so when you were doing that, I was listening to Jim Rome in San Diego. Who? Yeah, exactly. See, you just went, who? <laughs> I said Jim Rome, and you were like, what? Who's Jim Rome? And and then I'm totally clueless on that Vogue and Cosmo were two different magazines. Yeah, I mean, and it was good. Like, yeah. we had, we used to have a lot of fun. It, it, it gave you material. It was the content. It was so much fun. But you also got stuff that was meaningful. It wasn't just smut, right. but that was the fun stuff. You, you'd, you almost would have to read the other stuff just so that you could feel like you served a purpose. Oh, that's but, hilarious. Um, okay. Well, Jim Rome is a, uh, he's in the sports world and he's very brash. And I was young when he was on um, a, a radio station in San Diego. And then he moved up to like the LA area. And he always made fun of this, the San Diego, like old school sports reporter, um, named Hacksaw Hamilton. So and now, is he like what a little bit loose on what um, Ron Burgundy was? No, no. Like he used to say, "Go fuck yourself." Oh, no. <laughs> no, like, okay, so so this was all radio. Um, so Ron Burgundy was just like obviously stupid, you know, TV anchor guy. But okay, so Hacksaw Hamilton was this guy in San Diego. I don't even know if he's alive anymore because I've. And he was just this corny, like he had a set way of doing everything every day, just kind of, he kind of probably uh, not as successful, Mike, Michael. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I know okay, who- so you know, so this guy, just Francesca. That's it. Okay. So he was kind of like that, but kind of more campy. And, but he like was totally, he totally believed everything he was into. Like everything he said, he was, he was just like in his own head and Jim Rome came behind and he was this young guy and he just destroyed this guy. Like he made fun of him. Um, show me your lightning bolt. Like he would just like, cause it was San Diego. And like, it was like, <laughs> like the guy would be like, show me your lightning bolt, San Diego, blah, blah, blah. And like everyone. Is. And then Jim Rome came behind him and just totally mocked him and like just made this guy look like, um, a, you know, a pigeon. I mean, he just, he looked hor- He just, it was really funny. And I thought Jim Rome was, you know, hilarious and, Obviously, he moved on to do TV, and he has, I think, his own serious either channel or uh, show or something like that. Anyway, he's successful, and if you like, if you like Barstool, and you think about twenty years before Barstool or twenty years ago, you could see why I was a Jim, a Jim Rome fan. So, but of course, I didn't know anything about Cosmo or anything else. That is so funny. Well, you know what? There's still time. It's still on yeah. the rack. I still buy mine every month. So I've got to, I've got to get on that. So yeah, I don't know. It's so funny. Cause I, maybe I'll, I'll learn to act my age as people tell me to do so often. 
Well, I disagree with that. I think your age is what you, who you yeah. are. It's not something that someone could tell you or something that you grow into. Absolutely. Become, every day you become something, you evolve a little bit. I was telling somebody today that I think next week I'm going to emerge an entirely new person because I have juggled more balls this week than I have in my entire life. I'm going to have a new nickname by next week. But honest to God, I, I just, I mean, I have done so many different tasks this week, more than I've ever done in the last 10 years. And it, honest to God, it is insane how many things we have up in the air this week, professionally and, you know, personally, yeah. between the family functions that we have, the holidays, the milestones. And then on top of it, you add all the work related stuff. It's just it's wonderful. Uh, I would never, I wouldn't trade it for anything, but I really, I think I'm going to, I'm going to earn myself a new nickname next week. I'm going to give it to myself and no one's going to know what it means. But it's gonna oh, well, we'll have to hear about it on on next episode. I'll be like, all right, let's. <laughs> Are you- Did you hear about this thing with um, Alyssa Milano? Oh my God. <laughs> it's just Has crazy. nobody ever explained to her what a HIPAA law is? Does I mean, is that the kind of, does, does she actually, um, does, you know, does she believe what she's saying? Does she wholeheartedly feel like someone has educated her in every capacity of every single thing that she's putting out there to the public? Because I can't imagine that she, I I can't get her, I I can't figure this out. This is blowing my mind, this whole thing. Everything she's saying, I feel like, I feel like I'm not doing my motherly duty by saying to her, oh, sweetheart, we have to sit down. Like, you can't wear that out. Like, I almost feel like she's doing this to herself and nobody is stopping her. Does she have, does she really have nobody that can say to her, oh no, honey, what are you doing? (laughs) Or is it Um, me? Am I 100% mistaken? Yeah. So I, I haven't, so not to get, you know, cause we don't want to really like, and we could go down the political role or, you know, a belief and all of this stuff. Um, to talk about what the end game of, or what she wants people to do to, to arrive at the goal that she wants. She wants, you know, something. So her, what she wants in the end and what she's asking people to do, I just don't agree with. For one thing, if, if you're... If you're married to somebody or you're with somebody who agrees with you about what you want changed, why would you turn around and then use it against them? Like this person, I mean, so, so not to be, so not to be political or anything, just, just, you know, say it, say it's somebody that you love dearly and they decided to do like um, one of those marches. And their partner went with them. Why would that woman then hold out, like hold, like use something as a weapon? And I don't like, I do not like the fact that someone is trying to make it look like sex is only for the guy. Like I'm going to grant you something I don't want and I'm taking this away from you until you, I, I just don't like that. Like, I just, I don't, I don't think that's, I, I just, it blows my mind. And that is, that is just, uh, regardless of what you want, regardless of how you feel about the laws that she wants changed or this or that, whatever, that's not the way to do it. I don't agree with her on that at all. I don't think anybody should ever project opinion as fact. And to say this is going to happen to you if you do this, I don't, I don't, and that it's and it's not true. It's strictly your opinion. I don't think anybody on a platform. It's, she's abusing her platform uh, of celebrity, and it's it's infuriating me. And yeah. I, and that's my only issue. I don't care if she. I have never, I've never stifled somebody for having an opinion that I never would because I would go nuts if someone tried to do it to me. I don't raise my kids that way. I don't. I everybody's entitled to say what they want and feel what they want. Yeah. You know, talking about famous people and well, she, you know, she's using it to, in a way we wouldn't. Would you? She's making herself look crazy. Well, which right. 
And I, and I feel bad because she's, she's obviously got a message. She's trying to get out there and she's trying to, in her mind, it's her intentions are good ones. Yeah. She wants to promote, you know, feminism or women's health, but it's coming off as absolute batshit crazy. Oh yeah. So, um, if you were famous, this is totally shifting gears. Um, Mm -hmm. would you rather be famous when you were alive and forgotten or would you rather die how you are now? Um, but then become famous after you die. Well, it's kind of like that, that conversation you have with your kids about how you're raising them. Do you want to leave, you want to leave your, you want to leave your mark on the world and what's the mark you want to leave on your world? Like perfect for me. My daughter asked me the other day, my God, mommy, well, not, she didn't say my God, but she's like, why do some people have such gigantic rocks? Because as we were driving through past the cemetery, and I said, oh, those are the headstones. She's like, why are some people have such gigantic headstones? I said, you know, Bridge, it's actually more important that you have a bigger, you make a bigger mark on people's lives than you do in, in a cemetery. Some people think the bigger the headstone, the more people that will remember them. I was like, you actually want to touch more people by doing, you know, kind things. You want to be charitable. You want to be um, selfless. You want to do things that help people. If you see somebody with special needs, you help them. If you see someone who's elderly that's eating alone, you sit down and you ask them to, if you can sit with them, you have to make a bigger impression. That way you don't have to get a big headstone. <laughs> Absolutely. And no, I'm, right, just, I'm right there with you. We had this conversation yesterday and um, the things you talk about when you're getting gas. Yeah. Your when they, when they but those you, are the moments in life, right? <laughs> But that, that? that's the moment in life where you are able to give them yeah, like I tried to tell her that it's more important to make a bigger mark on people in your life. You want to touch more people's lives. That way you don't have to get a giant headstone because they do that because they don't want to be forgotten. But if you do right by other people and you put yourself out there and you try to be as good of a person as you possibly can, be a giver. Don't be a taker. And don't let people walk all over you either. But make sure that you, you're kind and you're good and you, and you make an impression on people that's the kind of mark you want to leave. You don't oh, yeah. want to have a big headstone because if for some reason something happens to you and you don't have one at all, it won't make a difference because nobody's going to forget you. I, would, I, don't, I don't necessarily care if I'm famous. I want to make sure that I do as much as I can that people say, oh yeah, I remember her. She's the one that did this. And it'd be something nice. Not like, remember that time she climbed on the table? You know, I don't want it to be for a good reason for something that, you know, a kind gesture. <laughs> no, I definitely agree. I think, you know, funerals are for the living and, um, absolutely hundred so percent. Yeah, yes. Right. So, you know, the, um, I do not want to be famous, um, now at all. Uh, I would be on anxiety and medication 24 seven if I was. Do you think though, um, why do you think that though? Why do you think I, I don't. Why would you be on anxiety and medication stuff? Like, don't you think kind of the more, so if you, like, I have this idea that eventually these people who are famous, like Jen Aniston and Julia Roberts and stuff, like we were talking about them today, like these quirks that you hear about celebrities. And my mom was saying how, um, oh, I heard this one is a nightmare that she needed rose petals in every room. So she probably did that once. Like she probably asked for, rose petals to be spread all around a room and somebody probably, and she probably paid a lot of money for it and somebody probably didn't do it. So she was like, you know, oh my God, how could you not do it? And she probably got a bad reputation for it. But I think a lot of these people get to that celebrity and they're able to tune out a lot of the negative. I think that's a positive. Like you might not need all the anxiety meds. Like now you might think about it and like, because it's so, it's so many people that interact with you on a daily basis that you don't, aren't able to turn them off, whether it's work Mm. or family or neighbors. But when you reach a certain level of celebrity, don't you think that there's so much negativity that you, from people that you don't even know, like commenters and, and internationals that you're able to just, master the art of just turning it off maybe i would for one thing i would never i would never want to be in the the realm 
of the people who have become totally unaware of themselves, sort of like the 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 um, the sex strike that we're talking about, kind of the your yeah. you know maybe you don't have somebody who's you know checking you like you know you mentioned. Um, so I would never want to be I would never want to be that out of touch, and I don't think I'd ever want anyone assuming something. I mean, people already assume um, things of me. Um, or, you know, of people, not just me. I'm not trying to be, you know, psychotic here. Um, I'm just saying, you know, like people, but like say, what if, take that rose petal situation. What if somebody was dating a guy? Maybe they were newly dating and the right. guy spread it around. And then it was some, you know, assistant to the person who like set up the green room just remembers, oh, and then we had to do this and this and, and, and then just kind of spread that rumor. And then that rumor right. always stuck with it. And the person never had anything to do with it. It was a boyfriend who paid, you know, a stupid amount of money to have petals put everywhere just to be like, oh, I know you're on the road, but I love you right, or, or whatever. Right. And then it's attributed to this person their whole life. I, I don't want yeah. that. I, I have no desire for that. But you're not going to have control over that anyway. And I think when you're like just, I think when you're a regular person without the celebrity, rumors get started and ruin girls' sophomore year all the time anyway. Like there's oh, yeah. always going to be that girl that's known for, you know, oh, she got caught blowing, you know, blow drying her hair down there one day when she was in the, uh, with a bunch of girls. And that, uh, you know, it's stuck forever. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. You know, you'll, you'll go somewhere and you'll be in this stop and shop and you'll be like, oh, that's, you know, you call up your friend like, oh my God, you're never going to, remember so-and-so, the girl that used to blow dry, like it's, she'll always be known as blow dryer girl. Oh, like the girl who used to jump out naked at your party. Yes. Oh, oh my God, yes. <laughs> She's the naked jumper. <laughs> oh my God. The boob girl. Yes. She used to love to jump out naked. Yeah. Right so I don't want to, be, you know, like, yeah. I went to high school with, who used to love to, um, what are they like, jump scare you? She would love to jump out of places, but she would love to do it topless. Yes, exactly. Just like her. That's a teenage boy's dream these days. <laughs> I really do. I got. I got to find out whatever happened to her. That is so funny. Oh. <laughs> I do. I think. Like I think that if you become when you get to a certain celebrity status, I think you just automatically learn how to tune things out. Like so rumors are just rumors. Or um, like what you were talking about today, when we were talking about um, earlier today, you and I had a conversation about um, a specific hockey player and you were pointing out how yes. somebody thought that they were going oh, to start yeah. a rumor and like that, like, like he was just like, whatever, because I think you get to a certain celebrity status and it, it just doesn't bother you anymore. Although I do love my favorite rumor of all time, because this is a rumor that like, I would want people to spread around about me because I love it. <laughs> Mariah Carey brings her own toilet seat with her everywhere she goes. I love that would be me. I would do that too. I would not want to have the germ. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you know, I was just having this conversation a couple weeks ago about do people still make nests? And I'm like, oh, do people still make nests. Like, yes. like my nest is it, like it comes out like an actual nest. Of course, people still make nests. Oh, He's yeah. like, I don't think people make nests anymore. So for me, with my, you know, if I were, got to that celebrity status, I would definitely hope that if a rumor got started about me, it would be that I brought my own toilet seat with me places. Oh, yeah. I no, I think they talked about that. Was it, I don't know if it was Podfather's um, like, oh, the, uh, the um, podcast that large is on or if it was on Barstool Radio on Barstool Breakfast, but they were talking, I, sw I think it was on radio because they were talking about the nests and then they were talking about the curtains. You know, oh, yeah, the oh yes. yes. We if you have a stall that has too big of a Absolutely. gap. Oh yeah. I'm throwing paper over that. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. We, we talked about, like we showed that, like we, I remember showing the boys how you have to make it really long. And at one end you have to make a big thick ball. That way you could tuck it in at the top and it hangs down and then you make another ball at the bottom. So it's almost like those tension rods. <laughs> Like, so, yes, you have to tuck it into the top at the bottom because if someone walks by, it blows. But because people look in. Okay, I'm so immature. You just said balls and blows in like a matter of 30 balls, seconds. Balls, blows, juggling <laughs> balls. I'm telling you, I'm going to have like the greatest nickname come Monday. I know. 
Okay, so I wanted to ask you something else since we're talking about like famous people and, and all this stuff. What, if you were to become famous, okay, not even if you're to become famous, just like talent wise, what is your most useless talent that you have? Sort of like what Breakfast Club, like the, the lipstick where she like puts it in between her, in her cleavage. Oh, I cleavage. do that. I have lipstick on my cleavage. So what would be my useless talent? Yeah. Um, I can spit on command underneath my tongue. Like I can go like this and spit everywhere. <laughs> oh, like the targeted spits? Yes. Wow. Spit. It's, and I torture my kids with it because I'll pin them down and I'll be like, I'm good. <laughs> like if I curl my tongue up, I can shoot like, like, 50, like 50 little like specks of water at you in a second. <laughs> I'm like on command. I know it's disgusting. I'm impressed. Also, I'm a little shocked because my useless talent has to do with my tongue, and we did not plan this. What is it? I tie cherry stems with my. Oh, I can do that too. (laughs) It's so useless, and I can't. It's if I if I get a stem, I have to like I no stem goes untied. I do have to pull it though. Like I can make the knot, but I have to put like one end between my teeth and I have to pull it. I can't get it taut. Like I can't make it tight. No. Can you get it tight? Yeah. So what do you like? Bite one end with your teeth and then push the other end against the roof of your mouth? How do you get it tight? I got to watch this one day. I got to learn. I I just have a very talented tongue. (laughs) That's So (laughs) Mally, you know, I got to be honest with you. That is... That's, that's goes in the pro column. We're going to start yeah. keeping a list of all the pros and cons. So that's you, a pro. You role play. That's a pro. I, hold that on. Is, <laughs> <laughs> role playing is huge. I think that if, I think in any, any kind of encounter that you want to have, I'm just saying from, from, from somebody who absolutely thinks that a healthy relationship is a very sexual relationship. Role playing is very important. I think independent satisfaction is extremely important. I'm so in on that. I think being able to use the O'Malley's or anything, anything, whether it be putting on lipstick, whether it be to um, fashion a t-shirt, anything, I think that's a plus. So if you can, if you can put, get them in there. I think that's great. But role-playing the tongue, the fact that your tongue is multi-talented and strong, the strength that you have in there. I'm telling you, this is, this is all pros. We don't have any cons. I know this is, this is, yeah, I don't know. The only con that I see so far is that batteries are expensive. I know everyone's, I know people are very concerned. Do you know, I get DMS from people like, Hey, have you, have you even tried to go over to like the rechargeable? And I'm like, no, no, I have not. <laughs> I, I think just because everything I've seen has always looked like, I, I think I told you, like it looks like an appliance or it looks yeah, like you don't the same one all the time. I mean, a rechargeable one means you're guaranteed to never get a new one. That's no fun. Like you want to get one that's purple or one that's pink, one that's silver. Well, it's a you know like <laughs> like they do make different no I I'm not, I'm not looking at them <laughs> <laughs> gotta tell you just I don't I'm not looking at them <laughs> just yeah oh that is so funny yeah you have a lot in the pros column look I, I like say people DM you that you're concerned they're very concerned and I the look a new battery night is man that's to add a very strong tongue to the mix this is good this oh is, yeah yeah like okay so how was your so, so before we go how was your weekend i know you your mother's day we did two mother's day podcasts also thank you to lisa and to ellen who were on our our two podcasts and um you yeah, know and, fun. i'm so laughing that all business pizza he was I, I know I, and i was gonna say and the uh the extras that we actually did not plan um large and all business feet to come on the uh, second one which was so much fun that was fun um so thank you to them but we have not really discussed much i mean we talked a little bit uh text wise on mother's day 
but how was your mother's day? My mother's day was, was great. It really was great. Um, it becomes like a weekend event because like, well, I could, we'll do my mother-in-law on Saturday, my mom on Sunday, but it's still considered mother's day. So somehow I benefit both days. I don't know how I was able to parlay that into a weekend. <laughs> so wow. I managed to. So many women end up having to do it for their mother-in-law and for their mother. And then they end up not having really, they end up working harder on that weekend. So it sounds like you've at least managed to not make it horribly stressful as in you're having to like throw an event at your house and you know. No, I'm, um, I happen to, I'm married to someone who really loves to give, like he's a real giver. Like he loves to, he loves to wrap presents. He loves to decorate. He loves to get, always get involved. And, um, when it's father's day, he doesn't want to get out of bed. So he'll go see his dad the day before. And then on Father's Day, he'll stay in bed all day and he'll be like, oh, everybody can bring me a sandwich or a cup of tea. I would like everybody to come in and give me just, you know, a day of doing absolutely nothing all on my own, you know, peppered with, you know, hugs, kisses, sandwiches, snacks, cups of tea. I want to see everybody, but I want to do nothing. All day. So that's his only day off. Otherwise, he loves to shower you with stuff. Like he loves to be, he's a, definitely a giver. So on Mother's Day, even with the kids' birthdays or my birthday or Christmas, he likes to do everything. He gets involved. He likes to cook. He likes to have a breakfast. So um, this year, I just happened to have gone to the, the nursery. And I was like, oh, I picked everybody up plants this year. And I, and I liked what I got. Everybody got their own thing. So he was pretty pumped that he didn't have to go shopping for stuff. But um, he set up the whole day with his mother and what time we were going to get there. And then with my brother-in-law, they, they between the two of them, choose where we're going to go and have the restaurant and sit down and they make the reservations. So I really don't, I really don't have to do anything. <laughs> so it was kind of, it was pretty, it was pretty fantastic. I woke up, I, he took the kids out and got me a coffee. I opened my gifts. I got, you know, the Bridget painted the little bird on a, on a, on a, it ends up coming on a t-shirt, which I absolutely loved. And, um, you know, you get the nail salon coupons and I love, I love that stuff. I love the homemade stuff that they make you. So that, that's never going to get old, um, except up in my attic, because it's just going to, it's, I'm never going to be able to part with it. But I loved it. I loved I love doing nothing except sitting around and talking to them about their week and hearing all that. So I like, I like doing that. I don't want to necessarily go and get big gifts. And I just like kind of just sitting around chit chatting. That's the that's best nice. part. So we did that. We, it was fun. And then of course, you know, you spend the rest of the day making sure you get all the laundry and everything done because Game of Thrones is coming on. Oh yeah. Oh, I thought um, it's like my, it's like the highlight of my week. I couldn't wait to sit down and watch it. It was great. And I, I like, I like the character idea of Khaleesi, but she's got to go. She's got, she's got to die. Oh, she's gone totally postal. She just scorched earth. She, I mean, people who don't see that she, if this was coming, I, I don't know what world they were living in or what they were listening to, or they weren't, maybe they were like into game of Thrones because, Oh, look at her. And she's so pretty. And blah, blah, blah. she's going, oh, she's loved everywhere. Right. Like they weren't listening to, you know, it's the parts of the books that are, that people aren't picking up on in the show. Well, the, this one wasn't all the prophecies. Right? Well, you know, from before all the, all the episodes and all the prophecies and everything with her, um, yeah, she's definitely, um, she snapped. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I wasn't surprised. I just wish there was maybe more time in this season to right. have everything kind of unfold because there are certain things. There are certain things that were really great about that episode that were really fulfilling. But um, yeah, that was, that was quite something. I mean, I think, the sh- I think if she had just done a little bit of Scorched Earth, but the fact that she just, like, the whole episode, she was like, I'm going to kill. She went batshit crazy. Bitch, and I'm going to kill everything between me and this bitch. <laughs> so I think, uh, yeah. I mean, have we ever been at that point? Where <laughs> I, I, I. It reminded me of, I know this is going to sound crazy, but remember when girls would find, like when they would get their periods and they'd be like, they didn't want to, like around those baby making years and they, like, they couldn't even look at somebody who was pregnant. Do you remember that? 
Like, oh, yeah. They, like, I remember having friends who would be, like, trying and trying and trying, and then they would get it, and they'd be terribly upset when they didn't, when they got theirs, and other people were like, oh, those girls planned it, and they all, they all have babies together. Or the people who walk me- by and say, oh, yeah, I mean, you know, we got drunk when we weren't planning on it. We were going to wait a couple years, but we got drunk right. that one night, and here I am. And then the woman who's been trying is like, I hate you. That's, that's what it reminded me of. Like her, her fury seemed so much more of a, like, not maternal fury, but it was, it was coming from, it's like, I almost feel like whoever wrote her, that, that character for that, that, that episode was definitely a woman who was envious or jealous. Like the woman who wrote that, I I do believe, I'll be surprised if it was a man or if it was a man who didn't have a wife who was going through that, because I felt like they really captured the fury that women feel when they're envious. It was definitely from a perspective of envy because she didn't just take away something that they had just to punish them. She, it was pure destruction. (laughs) Like, Like you have what I want and I am going to destroy it so that you can't have it. It was, maybe I'm not I am nuts. You know why Jon Snow was like this, right? How he was kind of like weak and spinal. You know why, right? Because it was played by Kit Harrington and not Tom Hardy. I'm just going to say that. I'm just going to put that out there because if they, because they could have really used anybody who was five foot five, but I'm just saying if they had used him, he would have spoken up and he would have not let that happen. Say that. Oh my gosh. You, you're, I love the fact that you have a crush. I love that you've never like, I love the fact that we have different things about us that um, other people will be like, you still have a crush? Like, or you still do that? Or you still follow? Like, you know, like the Bruins are on tonight. And I can't wait. Like, I, you know, I can't wait to, you know, watch them. And I really hope they, they win game three. And yeah, my life revolves around it. Like, I couldn't remember it was Tuesday all day, but I knew the Bruins were on tonight. Like, that's how I live my life. Like, I don't necessarily know what date it is, but I just know, like, when sports are on. (laughs) And it's like, um, but I don't know, I don't know a thing about Cosmo or Vogue or how to do uh, certain things to be fancy. We all speak Tom Hardy, right? Right. Yeah. So we, I like the fact that we don't fit the mold and so many people want to put people in a mold and I think it's funny when kids get really weird about um their parents not understanding Mm -hmm. but then they turn it around and don't like to see their parents doing anything outside of being stiff like oh my god you're so boring you're so this you're so that and then the minute they do anything, it's, they're just, right. you can't do that. Like you can't. I don't know. I don't think my kids could ever say that to me. Well, that's the thing. That's how it is for both of us. I mean, we what are they going to say? Like, you know, I mean, Mike already knows he's the oldest person at Barstool. <laughs> but I mean, he's, he's got his finger on the pulse because it is one of like, it is probably the biggest pop culture place to work now, right? Like it, it's got its finger on the pulse of what's happening in the sports industry, in social media, on entertainment circuit, on all different levels. So, you know, I don't know. I, I hope to God I never get labeled as something. I don't ever want to be that until I do. Well, that's, that's yeah. funny because we, we have been asked this question, um, both of us uh, in, in our DMs and probably privately. And I've even been asked, yeah, you know, like even on like a Twitter thread, like, like, how are you so into, you know, Barcelona? Like, how do you know this content? Like, why do you think somebody like, why would I, I mentioned something about following um, uh, Robbie and his, uh, po- his new podcast. Mm-hmm. And someone asked me about that. Like, why would you even follow him? He's 20. You're in your forties. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, Really? Because he's actually talking about almost everything that I like. And he does it very well. And I'm not too old and stuck up and into myself to not realize that he's talented. And if you can't see that from any age, 
then I don't know what to say to you. But if you want to be a 20-year-old who thinks that a 30-year-old can't follow Barstool right. or a 40-year-old or a woman can't follow Barstool, then, um, then why don't you just sign off right now of Barstool and go be old and your 20s somewhere else? Because the rest of us are having fun and the rest of I us are enjoying. I don't know. It's like... Right away, your instinct, my instinct is to be like, oh, that's ignorance. But the people that I do get that, I do get asked that a lot. I've gotten a lot of DMs about that. And um, like, how do you feel making such a big change? It's, it's you know, at, at a big part of, you've had a career for so long. Now it's, now you're making such a big change. How, you know, why would you do that? And don't you kind of feel like it's, you're, you know, too old to be doing that? <clears throat> yes, I, we've definitely gotten a ton of emails about that. But I think what people forget is that I'm only 45. I'm not, you know, 10 years ago, I was 35, 10 years before that, 25. So I've got another, you know, in 10 years, I'll be in my, yes, I get that. But 45 is not old. It's older than a 25 year old. It's older than a 35 year old, but it's not old. And I think that, you know, with age comes maturity in a different sense of like, you know, um, I think in a sense, you become finer. The things you, you, you do and you, you enjoy things in a much more, um, finer way. Like for example, you evolve, your gut instinct is a lot sharper than it was when you were 25 and when you were 35. So you make decisions based on experience. So if I'm choosing to listen to this radio station or read this blog or watch that blog, it's because I've watched and I've listened and I've read so many things that this is much more entertaining than a lot of the other things that I read. So, you know what? I have, I, for me to make the decision to watch this, read that, or listen to this is coming from a much more established place than where you're coming from. So realistically, you don't appreciate it as much. Like mine is coming from a much more evolved perspective. Absolutely. Um, so I think life experience is a, is a big part of, of that. Oh yeah. Um, the other thing is, I think that as you get older, you become more interesting, whether you want to be or not, you're again, your experiences life make you more interesting. So when you talk to these young kids, young kids, but the, the, the younger people there, they have so much motivation and they have so much enthusiasm about starting their lives. And when you see them, like a lot of them, like when I see Casey, um, Casey Smith, who works for Barstool, and I speak to her at different events, I see so much of myself in her because I find that she has an enthusiasm and, and a fuck it attitude that I had where it was like, I'm not going to take a backseat to anybody and not in a negative way. Like I'm going to shut somebody down just that I want to do this. I see where I want to go and I'm going to find every way I can to get and achieve my goal. That I, I love that fire in people. I really do. I think that is something that I admire in them. It's not something I envy because it's something that I had and I, I hope to always have. So I think for, from that perspective, it's, it's refreshing to see a lot of the kids I, I got to stop calling them kids because it's, they're, they're not kids. It's nice to see these, uh, these people. I got to find a better word for this. Well, no, I get it because you know what I mean? like, they have a fire in them they have right. a motivation and they have a desire to achieve something and it's fun. It's yes. fun to watch and it's intelligent conversation. It's not just, um, you know, keg stands and beer pong. And I think people forget that. Um, well, I think, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was say that is, we can appreciate, and you say they appreciate the finer things. People mm -hmm. say, well, how do you relate? How oh, we do. We appreciate do. the finer things. Yes. We're so, older. We've experienced all the, we right. know what we don't want already. Exactly. So I'm, we're just about the same age. Um, I know you, you keep saying you're so old and I'm just like, please stop. I'm so Cause old. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not that much younger than you. But why do I find things that are relatable and Barstool? Why do, why is a 25 year old blogger relatable to me? Because I was once 
25. I was once that person in 2003 when the Red Sox played the Yankees and our hearts got ripped out. I still remember that. People can talk about the Red Sox winning or the Patriots or the sports. I know I'm using a sports talent, but I remember having my heart ripped out. And when I read one of these guys or, or Casey or somebody talk about just the, the, the ultimate hope and the defeat and the, uh, and the, I'm, you know, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to eat anything. And, you know, just all of that, like I, it's relatable because we've been through it and sometimes we still go through it. So we guess it's, and we can like things ironically. I will tweet or, or talk to people almost ironically sometimes just because I think it's hilarious that they take themselves too seriously and they're 20 years younger than me. Absolutely. And I think they, it's also important to remember that we have more years ahead of us, more working years ahead of us than we do behind us. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, a lot of these people are only 25, 30, you know, that's only 15, 20 years behind me. I got another, you know, 30, 40 years ahead of me. <laughs> so, you know, so I, it's, I think there's a fine line. They need to re- redefine what's considered old. But I also think like by my age, you know, by my age, but by 45, you don't give a shit anymore. I know we spoke about this two weeks ago, but it's true. I'm too old for that shit. Like a lot of the, a lot of the, my peer group around my neighborhood that I, that I interact with on a daily basis because of my kids, you have no choice to deal with other their parents, they live through their kids and they behave like their kids. And I feel like saying to them, you're not dead. You're not old. 40, 45 is not old. Stop acting like this shit matters. What happens between, I have one mom who knows every kid and who they're dating at the 12, 13 and 14 level. And I think I can't, I feel bad for her because I'm like, what do you care? Like, what does it matter to you who's in that social group and who's, this is what they're choosing. So I think a place like Barstool allows you the opportunity to have so many different outlets. Because if, if you go to the page, they give you the, the, all the little um, avatars of all the bloggers. Oh, yeah. Enter a different world with the click of a person's avatar. Yep. You know, you can go down and find out what's going. I said, go down to Amelia. We want to put But you can find out every thing that's happening in the world of um, American patriotism. If you go to zero blog 30, right? You can okay. find out who's doing what, where, and for what charity. And you could become a giver. You can go on to um, El Prez's, you know, one bite and become a taker, see what I can get and where I can go. Where am I going to get, you know, feed yourself. You can go on Large's blog and you can, you can absolutely go down a rabbit hole on anything you want because he'll take you on, on, on a roller coaster ride of emotion between talking about eulogizing some, a, a gentleman he had never bet, met before, but um, a DM brought him to tears because he just, it just put a whole relationship with his own father in perspective or you can read 9-11 with me and my dad and me and my husband, or you can go down, you know, where he's dressing up as God knows what this week. It's, it's all over the map. So if you right. really want to escape reality, there's, a, there's, there's at least 30 bloggers that you can go onto their page and, and become somebody different. Absolutely. And that's what I like about it. I just think that, um, I think people get so wrapped up in their own little world that they forget that they're part of a bigger one. And it's a shame. Yeah. It's a shame. No, I, I definitely agree. There's, um, I, you know, I, I don't relate to the, to the moms that know who's dating who. Um, I don't relate to the moms who read, um, Ooh, what were those Fabio books? You know? <laughs> Romance novels. Okay. Do you know it was the 20th anniversary the, a couple weeks ago? What? Hit in the face by the bird. <laughs> oh my God. <gasps> that was 20 years ago? That was 20 years ago. It oh was, no. I think it was like, oh. what was, it? Um, was it April 30th or, I don't know. It was, it was back the, the anniversary, the 20th anniversary of Fabio killing a bird with his face. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> the romance novels, yes. 
Okay. I haven't, I, haven't, um, I don't know if I blogged about it or if I tweeted it, but I, my, my point was if a man wants to have a fun and happy home life, each one of them should introduce their wives to barstool sports, but she has to sign releasing that she won't change anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was, I think that's what I tweeted out a couple, I don't know, I think it was like maybe a, uh, a year ago, because I think that it's important for that outlet, that distraction, a diff- different mindset. Right. And I love that the girls are getting more involved because it's their own page. They're not hijacking what the guys are doing. They're doing their own thing. And I think it's, a, I think it's great for both to coexist. And if you get someone like Marina, who I love, I think she's, she, she's got such a great, God, she's so amazing that if she's able to harness the hockey perspective, that I love that she's, I, I think they're doing it right. They really are. They really are doing it right. They're killing it. And, um, as far as Erica goes for CE, as CEO, I've never interacted or been exposed to a CEO who is more honest in my life. She doesn't pretend to be something she's not. She, she, I, she's, she's going to be in history as one of the, um, she's got a lot more, she's got a lot more impressing to do. She's going to impress a lot more people as she goes on because she's doing a lot of things right. Yeah, she's, she's pretty amazing. She, what, broke her arm dancing. She's definitely herself and, and definitely in the right type of place. Um, but she's yeah. got like that mentality of, you know, the way she sees it and the way things should be is the way they are. She doesn't, you know, if, I, I like that. I think yeah. that you know, she doesn't make apologies for the way that she does things and she doesn't pretend to be something that she isn't. And from the small, I mean, I haven't had very many interactions with her at all. I just, and most of the interactions that I know of are the way that she treats my husband. And um, just, just from those interactions that I'm, I'm getting through him, it's just incredible to have somebody that appreciates and respects their job so much that it's because it's, I can't, I can't explain it. It's, I think no, she's it's okay. really impressive. No, I, I was going to say that um, I like the fact that the girls are, are, are um, growing and it's, it's wonderful. And they absolutely have the chicks page, but then there's times where it doesn't matter if you're a chick or not. Like there's right. half the content of theirs is going to be on the normal page because like they wrote something and it, and it's valued. Um, they do some, you know, some things that are definitely more chick oriented, but you know what, you know, like I've never watched the bachelor, you know, who makes me, no, I haven't either. yeah. And I don't think I'll, I ever will, but if I ever do, it's because I want to follow along with Trent. Oh, and me, it's Michael Jr. Michael Jr. So invested in the bachelor. I, the, I, <laughs> Trent is so amazing. For one thing, I listen to foreplay and he writes and but his his just dedication to some of the most amazing things that I'm not even into. And I'm just kind of like, maybe I should take a, a different look at it because how he just presents it is just in such a fun way. And I think I don't know who is still in this mindset that Barstool is, is, is something that they're not, but you've got guys crying about the Islanders, you know, after their, you know, Travers doesn't tr- get, you know, doesn't sign on. And you've got Trent talking about the bachelor and, you know, you've got large going on and talking about, you know, cooking all the time and how you wear the pants in the family. And, you know, there's all of these, things that are happening and yet there's still this like this dumb caveman mantra of uh oh barstool is only this like it's anything it wants it to be and more and anyone you know your mom should be listening to barstool or reading barstool like that's what i mean not my mom because my mom's (laughs) (laughs) Uh, <laughs> you don't want my mom listening to she'll, she'll question my mom's in her 70s she's she i mean mine too if she actually answers her iphone um properly like it's yay we're gonna just celebrate she got it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but you know so i'm not i'm not trying to you know but no like it should you know like this shouldn't be an age thing none of this should be an age thing i don't think i don't necessarily think it is as long as you're the kind of person man or woman who's open to new things. I think everything 
So for example, like my mom's like, oh, I'm, what channel is Mike on in the morning? What, when is Barstool Breakfast? Because my girlfriend really loves um, to listen to sports radio. And I'm thinking, oh God, Janet is 75, <laughs> 76. I, I said, you know what, mom? I don't, I don't necessarily think <laughs> Barstool Breakfast is for Janet. But you know, she's like, oh, but she loves sports radio. I'm like, I get it, but it's not traditional sports talk, at least not Barstool Breakfast, because there are plenty of, there, there are plenty of other shows that, that, yes, they are definitely sports. But that one in particular, but she's like, oh, but she loves Mike. I'm like, oh, God. Um, but in hindsight, I said, you know, let Janet know there's a lot of cursing. There's a lot of um, crude sense of humor jokes and stuff like that. But at the same time, she's actually a lot of fun. She loved it. She absolutely loved it. Good she, for her. You know, so, so I love that. As long as you are a person who has your, yeah, exactly. Get the rally tail. Like, yeah. As long as you're the kind of person who's going to be open to mm-hmm. new things and not, and be, and not be judgmental. Yeah. It's, it, it really is for everybody. It really is. And, you know, as I know with large and his projects as they're developing, I have so many ideas in my head that I just can't keep to myself. So I throw them out all the time and, you know, he'll inject them into barstool breakfast or he'll inject them into something, you know, what he says on beats needs and, or a conversation that he has on Podfathers. And it's so much fun to be a part of that, to see how, you know, some of the ideas are just absolute failures and some of them are absolute successes, but it's so nice to be with people who are willing to be open-minded and try stuff. Just meeting you has been an absolute highlight one of the greatest highlights of my life because it's so much fun and we cover everything. We talk about everything. We absolutely. And like, I know that, you know, traditionally a podcast should be anywhere between 45 minutes to an hour. And, and I keep getting told you have to shorten it. You have to shorten it. And I, yeah, and I know that, but I, I don't yeah. want to because I, it, it, we go on these tangents and there's so right. much fun that we just have to start doing this more than once a week. There's so I have I have so much stuff going on in my head that I almost feel like if we had we have to do it twice a week, I think. I think because so. Because we get on a tangent and the second one is where where we, we really start going off. Yeah. Well, so like to bring this to like an end for tonight. Um so we had a um we had a DM um from someone who said um you know, like happy anniversary to you guys. And they have hit uh, their one year this past Sunday. And they want to know, how do you start the, um, hold on, the whole starting a family balancing work thing? And how do you keep stress uh, low and the humor high? I think it's all... I, I, I know I covered this with Willie on Barstool Breakfast when we were doing the, the newlywed game. Yeah. It, it really, 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 and I mean this wholeheartedly, it really does start with kindness. You can never stop saying, could you please, or thank you so much. The kindness has to come first and foremost, because once the formalities go out the door, it goes out the door for everything. So just those few words, like those golden rules things, diffuse the other person when they're feeling tense. Because if someone is feeling tense, like you're really not pulling your weight, I did all the work. And, you know, if large, when he would turn around and be like, listen, thank you so much for doing that. I would be like, like it really does bring you down to a level, it really does diffuse you. So you're like, no, no, it's no problem.
should have been said. Vanity 